0: Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Let's give it up for Peter Buckland. (laughs) Peter, what? I'm just real quick and I'm gonna get off stage. What is the highlight, if you can look back of your high school career? (laughs) Recess? (laughs) This is not a canned question. This is completely off guard. What was the highlight of your high school career? Graduation. (laughs)
1: Freedom. It's true. Um, I I was in um, theater. We had, my graduating class was 660 people. And so you had to be really, really good if you wanted to do anything athletic, and that's not me. So um, I was on some really cool stage productions, which were really fun, uh, that I got to act in. And I play cello, which is a big secret, don't tell anybody. And I got to play in um, the pit orchestra underneath stages. And the music and the, the, the productions were really, really fun for me in our big high school. Something I could do.
0: Okay, tonight's a a pretty big topic, being shaped, being molded by our King. How would you encourage students as we're going to the Q&A afterward, not to completely check out of your sermon, but how would you encourage them to be prepared for that time afterward?
1: Um, I think what I would like for you to do is think about something that you would like to be shaped to be. And if you have questions about how to be shaped that way, those would be really great questions. Or any stumbling blocks that you have that you would say, hey, how do I deal with this particular stumbling block while I'm trying to be shaped by Christ? And those would be really practical kinds of things.
0: Okay. I'm just going to pray for you real quick. Sweet. Father, may your words be proclaimed. Um, praise you for Peter and his faithfulness to the gospel. And I thank you for Jesus who makes him and shapes him into a new creation. Uh, Father, give us words, um, or give us ears to hear, and hearts that are wide open for your message. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Hey, I have a series of PowerPoints that I want you to keep your eyes on also while we go through this. Because one of the things that I think about is that you go to great events like CIY, and you come to a great church, and we are constantly trying to inspire you. We're trying to help you to live beyond what you think that you can actually do. And I want to use the word, be amazing. Be amazing for the kingdom, that you by yourself, you in community, you in your family, you in this church can do some pretty phenomenal kinds of things. You can go to CIY and you can see some of those that are presented to you, but you can have those actually happen in your own life. And you might be like me when I was a teenager. I didn't, I didn't grow up in a distinctly Christian family, and I thought, it's not ever going to happen to me. Uh, I'm not going to be pretty amazing or pretty dynamic, and I have my own issues and problems. And tonight, I want to speak to that. I want to speak to you about how you can take steps forward in order to let God work in your life so that something really incredible can happen. And I want to do that by pictures. I want to do that by you talking to each other. And I I want to do that by showing you some biblical truths. So this first big picture is a picture of a city skyline. And it's probably one that you um, can recognize. But before you shout it out, I want you to kind of buddy up with the person next to you. And I just want you to take a few minutes. I want you to identify the skyline. And I want you to come up with something that you think is pretty incredible about that skyline. Go. What it is, what's incredible about it, Okay, here is something that I want you to think about. This is a metaphor or a picture of what I want your life to be like. As we go through this, I want you to think of this. And some of these, uh, one of these uh, pictures in itself is going to be repeating itself. On the left-hand side, what is the name of that big, tall, blue building? The Freedom Tower. It's New York City. And this is one of the most amazing buildings that has actually been built out of the ashes, of course, of the Twin Towers this next slide is entirely different somebody shout out what this next slide is dirt. dirt we make fun of dirt old is dirt dumb is dirt we kind of look at dirt and uh, just a show of hands if you could be dirt or you could be um a wonderful skyscraper that was pretty magnificent and amazing which one would you tend to choose dirt raise your hand dirt yeah we got a couple dirties and how many amazing skyscrapers Yeah, okay, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to buddy up with the person that's next to you, and I want you to talk about the value of dirt. The value of dirt. Why is dirt so important? We had like one person I saw with their hand. Why is dirt important? Figure it out. Okay, you should have reached a conclusion that you can't live without dirt. Did you reach that conclusion? Crops need dirt. Trees that produce oxygen and plants so that you can breathe need dirt. We can do without skyscrapers, but we cannot do without dirt. Isn't that interesting? We would rather be amazing like a skyscraper or a skyline, but we don't want to really be like dirt. Hmm. This next slide talks about God's mathematical issues. You know, God is a mathematician. He puts things together that don't seem to belong. And we have a mathematical problem to solve for the question mark, not for X, but the question mark. And here is the mathematical problem. As you take a look at this, what does dirt have in common with skyscrapers? Does dirt have in common with skyscrapers? And and what is the missing ingredient that allows for something essential in our lives to allow for us to be pretty amazing? This is the metaphor or the analogy that I want to use with you tonight. There's something about you, something that you have that is common, something that you have that you look at and think, I don't think I really want that. This is not very valuable to me, but it is so essential that as a Christian, you cannot live without it but yet we don't seem to highly prize it or value it. But through a process, through something that happens to us, we can have this amazing experience that produces a great spiritual growth. And the process that I want you to think about is smelting. This next slide has a picture of iron ore, hot iron ore. And what I wanna do is explain this to you so that you can begin to see how all of this works together. Because God is serious about taking something that you have, something that he gave you, putting you through a process that, to be quite frank, is not always that glorious, to create something amazing in you. That sounds like a pretty good deal. We are shaped by our king. We are shaped by the processes of our king. And yet, sometimes we want to take the easy way out. So, this next slide has what dirt represents. Dirt represents the topic for the night humility humility in the next slide humility comes from the latin word humus we often call it hummus the next time you eat hummus please don't think you're eating dirt but it's humus and it has to do with low or down rather than high and lofty and for you what i want you to think about is not so much how we would technically define it but what it means in your life humility means you are not going to draw attention to yourself Now, no show of hands and no elbows. Do you know somebody who's extremely prideful? Have you ever been really prideful? A prideful person draws attention to himself or herself and says, I'm really pretty amazing myself. Look at all the things that I can do. And in fact, if you don't recognize that I'm pretty amazing, then you're not amazing at all because you're amazing because I'm amazing. And you're amazing because you recognize that I'm amazing. And you can watch people around us reach for that kind of skyscraper experience. And it's not ours to take. Have you ever seen somebody fall who was prideful? Did you ever see somebody who thought that they were doing really, really well become extremely depressed because they weren't able to keep it going? Humility is an incredibly important ingredient in our lives that god is going to use through a process that's kind of painful in order to create something pretty amazing but i want to i want to just give you a little teaser about humility this next slide is a slide about an ordinary woman linda wilson allen and linda wilson allen's story was told in a sermon by john ortberg um, to us when i was at a convention just recently linda is a bus driver And I wanna give you a vision of humility because we look at humility as weakness, not strength. We look at humility as something to stay away from because people make fun of humble people because humble people look like this, right? No, 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 humble people look like skyscrapers. Do you ever see a skyscraper drawing attention to itself? Hey, look at me, I'm the tallest building. Aren't I pretty cool? This is really great. No, a skyscraper stands there and scrapes the sky. And people come up and use that skyscraper. But it's an amazing building. Well, Linda was an amazing person. She was a bus driver. And here's what I want you to think about. You create an environment around you. Wherever you go, you leave a smell. You leave an ability. You leave something good or something bad. And Linda decided that her bus, which is pictured, uh, a, a bus like that, is pictured right there, was her little piece of her God-given kingdom. She's a kingdom worker. And she decided that that bus would be a taste of heaven. And when people would get on that bus, she would greet them. She would stop, she would get out, and she'd help little old ladies get up on that bus. She would ask people what she could pray about for them. She would ask them how their days were. There were people that would wait for her bus so that they could actually have an opportunity to be with Linda. They let other buses go by. They actually let Linda use their vacation homes. This is San Francisco, rich people. This is a bus driver, for goodness sakes. Bus drivers are low on the totem pole, aren't they? Who here aspires to be a bus driver? Nobody. Why? Because it's not a skyscraper. Linda is a skyscraper. She is so incredibly amazing that she had this big spread done in the San Francisco Post. And it says here that one of the quotes that was given is her mood is set at 2.30 a.m. She got up to do the early bus ride. And it says when she gets down on her knees to pray for 30 minutes, it's clear that her attitude on the jobs flows directly out of her relationship with Christ. You create an environment wherever you go. And when you go out there and you sign up for whatever that work is, What you're saying is that I'm willing to take the kingdom. I'm willing to take a piece of heaven, and I'm willing to manage that so that whoever I am with gets a chance to experience that. If I could just be honest with you about my own relationship with my wife. The primary reason that I married her, other than she was super cute and I love to look at her, is she was kind. Wherever she went, she gave off kindness. I did not grow up in a kind home. And that was one of my highest goals. I never told anybody I was looking for it. I did not even tell her that I married her because she was kind until years after I married her. That is such an incredibly high value of mine that I evaluate all of my relationships by their kindness quotient. And if you're really kind to me, we can get along, even if we're extremely different. But if you're not kind to me, if you don't create an environment of kindness, if you don't bring the the kingdom of kindness of Christ to me, you and I will have distance in our relationship. Wherever you go, you create an environment. Jesus created that. Why do you think people were drawn to him? It's because wherever he went, in his humility, in his strength, in his kindness, he drew people to him. You all can do that. You all have the ability to be kind. You all have the ability, if I could dare say it, to be bus drivers. What is a low position? If you redeem it for the kingdom, people will actually raise you up and they will want to be like you. This next slide says that when we pretend to be humble, we have no energy on our own and we have a secret life off on the side but look Christian to everyone else. Now, I just want to take a moment here to tell you that I understand that we have a bunch of hypocrites that come to our church. And my job as a church leader is to try to end hypocrisy. And part of this message tonight is later on to call you to end the hypocrisy of your life to end pretending, to end pretending that you're all Christian in some way and actually figure out what are steps that you can take so that you can actually become what you really want to be even though you're afraid to be it. It's one of my goals. I just want to be honest with you. I want to challenge you to actually think about that because there's nothing more miserable than a miserable hypocrite. There's nobody more guilty than somebody who feels out of place in the kingdom of God because they have two lives They have the life that they're trying to live that looks so cool and so great, and look at me, I'm so Christian, and the inside life where they recognize that they're not that way. And I want you to bring those two together, and I want to talk to you about that process tonight. So this next slide talks about the smelting process. Now, molybdenum is a really important iron ore that's found in dirt, Hmm. Found in dirt. It is one of the hardest elements on the planet. And it it has got the sixth highest melting point. So if you were to take this and you wanted to melt it out so that you could use it, you have to heat up your smelting pot to 4,753 degrees Fahrenheit. If you breathe in that air, you will die instantly. You'll be cooked from the inside out. It is incredibly hot which means that iron ore is incredibly strong and, and here's the metaphor that i want for you to think about you have inside of yourself malebdolum, but it is only released under pressure you have humility you have gifts and you have talents and you have abilities that only show up when they absolutely have to show up they're not just going to show up on a really good day you're going to have to fight for them and persevere for them And so what I want you to think about is this. There are some issues in your life that you can change at 50 degrees. They're pretty easy. And it's not a a big problem to stop doing that. There are some issues in your life that you can change at 1,000 degrees. That's pretty tough. You can do it. There are some issues that you can change in your life at 2,500 degrees. But if you really want an amazing Christian life, there are things inside of you that are super stubborn. They take a tremendous amount of energy to come out. God is saying, I'm I'm willing. I am willing. I am willing to do what it takes so that you can be amazing. And some things only come out, metaphorically, at 4,753 degrees. That's pretty hot. It's pretty difficult. It's pretty intense. So, when we look at the next slide, molybdenum is added to steel, which is how we get skyscrapers. There are no skyscrapers without molybdolum. The steel is not strong enough. It won't hold the weight of the building. Molybdolum is so incredibly strong that it will hold up that building so that it will not topple. But without it, we cannot have high, tall, amazingly cool, silent buildings that you and I look at and go, wow, I'd like to have a life like that. I'd like to have something amazing. I'd like to have my mark. I'd like to do something that is important for the kingdom of God. The next slide has one of my favorite sayings. God's blessings can take you where your character cannot keep you. Molybdenum is added to your character. Under pressure, if you say, I would really like humility. In fact, humility is for many people the highest Christian quality. You might think it's preaching or teaching or standing up in front of people or doing something great. Humility is what allows for you to be great in the kingdom of God because you don't draw attention to yourself. It doesn't matter who gets the credit. What matters is is that the job gets done. And what happens is you get elevated when you are humble and then it doesn't really matter if you're elevated or not. I don't think it matters to the Freedom Tower if it's a tower or not. Why should it matter to you if you're a tower or not? As long as you're growing and you're developing so this next statement is kingdom workers are shaped by their king. And you heard Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 11. Basically, the idea is this. That Jesus humbled himself and he emptied himself. And he said, I will go. I will do this. I will become nothing. So the kingdom of God can happen. So you could be saved. Now, would you agree with me that Jesus was pretty amazing? I mean, talk about an amazing God doing amazing things. I look in the Bible and I go, if I could just have a little bit of that, that would be really cool. Yet the Holy Spirit lives in us to create the little kingdom, the little bus driving kingdoms around that people look at and go, how can you do that? That's really pretty incredible. And you say, "Ah, I'm just driving a bus, being nice to people. Do you know how many nice people there are in the world? I counted them, three. Have you seen our culture lately? We are not nice. We are mean in our culture. Imagine being countercultural by just being kind, or not drawing attention to yourself, or doing the things that need to be done. Philippians 5, 8 has this really kind of scary passage, and I, I liked it for tonight. It says that he, Jesus, learned obedience by the things that he suffered. I looked into this, because this is a weird scripture. Did Jesus need to learn anything? And why did he learn, need to learn obedience? And so taking a look at this, this is the best that I can give to you, is that Jesus picked suffering so that he could redeem us, is that he knew that he had to suffer. And there's this little phrase in the Greek that is just kind of a little colloquial phrase that they would use a lot in regular Greek. And it didn't really mean learning as though you don't know anything. It means that you experienced it, and it became a part of your story. So Jesus willingly suffered, and and the suffering became a part of his story. He let the melebdom come out on the cross. And when sin was vanquished, and Satan was defeated, and your salvation was bought, the tower was built. The great tower of Christianity was built because of that. So, take up your cross and follow me, is what Jesus said. You determine that you want to do the same thing. You want to grow, and you want to develop. So, I have, don't give up. The beginning is always the hardest. And I want to call you to the beginning and end this sermon by using this head that is up here. I'm a counselor, pastoral counselor, and I get to work with people a lot. And one of the most amazing things that I have learned about us as people is that if you have post-traumatic stress disorder, That is, if you are a vet, for example, is where we found it, and you don't talk to anybody about what's going on on the inside, the right side of your brain, you know, you have a right side and a left side, and they're connected by a little super highway of neurons, and that right side just keeps going and going and going and going and going, and it doesn't stop. And you may read about how somebody thinks, oh my, the enemy is coming, I need to go get my gun, and I need to protect my family, I need to protect my country. And every once in a while you'll read about a vet who thinks that he, generally a male, is still in combat. And as a result, they'll take pot shots at cars or something that's coming along. What happens is, is the trauma stays stuck in their right side because we're not designed to hold it in. And part of treatment is to just get them to talk about what they don't want to talk about. Oh my, here we go. Fasten your seatbelts. If you want to be amazing, if you want to be a good kingdom worker, you have to talk about what you don't want to talk about. You have to say, something is going on inside of me, or I have questions about something, and I need to open up and talk to somebody about that. You need to talk to an adult, not another person your own age, because people your own age are just as ignorant as you are about all kinds of things. They're not quite done being cooked to be amazing yet. But there are lots of adults around here that you can talk to to say, hey, I have a question. Here's what I want you to know. The more that you stop and you hold in what it is that you're thinking about, the worse it becomes. pressure builds up and it comes out in anger or it comes out in bad behavior. And we have a fancy Christian word for that called confession. And I want to set that off on the side because that sounds really scary. I want to call you to something more scary. I want to call you to just being honest about what's happening to you. If you really want to change and you really want to have that experience, like that kingdom worker at the bus and you want to have the kind of a life that people will just notice and say it seems like you're really together or it seems like thank you so much for helping me it seems like you really care you have to get rid of the crap that's inside of you you have to which means that you have to talk about it here's what i am calling you to not only am i calling you to go out there and pick something to do but i'm calling you to be brave enough to talk about your own story wherever it might lead wherever it might go, because in the end, God wants to make you a skyscraper. In the end, he wants to draw attention to you. This is what is called a trophy of grace. You can't do this on your own. And God will point you out and say, go to that person. Go to that tower. That's a great tower. calling you to be brave enough to tell your story that you're holding on the inside. Let's pray. God, give us the courage that we need be people who will let you change us, who we, who will allow for you to put us in the vat and bring out the very best. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.